0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
1: Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the monthly LGBTQIA storytelling night I run at Giant Dwarf in Redfern, with support from the City of Sydney. This week, musician Brendan MacLean... it wasn't until i was 22 that i discovered my legal name is actually out gay artist brendan mclean (laughs) it was the introduction to almost every article about me when i started promoting my music it was not really taboo nor was it of particular interest to the general public who didn't yet know my name but did now know i like to suck a dick or two (laughs) Uh, choosing to come out before i had actually achieved anything lost me a few points in the media when sexuality is put forward to the community without fame or a sense that you've earned people's respect, you remain a token to be gawked at from arm's length It was unnerving but admittedly a handy divide between myself and other Sydney folk artists in 2009 If all else failed I could just turn it on Camper gayer, louder, no one could come close, and no one was trying. (laughs) I was pretty gay. Dance, musical theater, and the fact that I'd done a three-show tour with Savage Garden were my weapons, (laughs) and I employed them at every opportunity. (laughs) My songs were sweet but fairly hollow folk tracks with no real references to queerness. It was in fact me that had labelled the songs as gay and in light of being celebrated for my sexuality, also felt my failures could only be a reflection of that too. In summary, everyone who doesn't like me is homophobic. (laughs) I later found this to be only half true. At 24, I was basically able to shoot rainbows out of my butt on command, and people really seemed to like that. <laughs> Suddenly, I was being booked for gay panels and spoke at gay rallies and was paid about $300 gay dollars a week to pick funny <laughs> tweets on a short-lived breakfast TV show with a racist presenter from New Zealand. <laughs> Their angle for me? Just be your fabulous self. The following year, I was cast in my first feature film, The Great Gatsby. Baz Luhrmann was my hero. I spent two months on set of what felt like a theme park. Tobey Maguire came to watch me play piano at lunch. Triple J called direct to my trailer to find out what was happening on set. I talked to anyone who would listen, and everyone was listening. The first hint that something was amiss came during my big solo scene. I was Flip Springer. Playing Ain't We Got Fun on the organ as Leonardo DiCaprio and Carrie Mulligan danced just below me. They called action. I sang my heart out as Baz gleefully yelled directions. I gave it everything. I sung until my voice was hoarse. But I wasn't miked, And the organ wasn't even plugged in. We'll get the audio later, the camera guy said. At the after-party, Baz grabbed my shoulder and said, Brendan, you were the heart of that film. (laughs) Or as the New York Times put it, the character of Clipspringer has been entirely excised from Baz Luhrmann's The Great Gatsby. (laughs) I flew to New York, embarrassed and ashamed, and I did my best to overdose on OxyContin. I climbed out the window 12 storeys up, hoping that maybe I'd just fall asleep and roll off and never wake up. And I still hate myself for that night, not because of what I tried to do, but for telling anyone it was the most selfish thing I've ever done. (sighs) I wake up under a grand piano, which had an Emmy on it. I'm on 72nd and Broadway in one of Liza Minnelli's spare apartments. I'd simply rolled back inside and vomited all over myself. I'm in pain and I refuse to leave for days before I see a friend on Grinder, who agrees to take me to the cafe across the road. On arriving, I realize it's not my friend at all. He just had the same pair of white glasses. His name is Alex. He's a live in nanny for a family up the road. He's kind, so we have the coffee. And at around 2 p.m., he walks me to his favorite stoop and hands me a hit of his one pipe, of his one hit pipe. And I cough and I cough. And for the first time in about a decade, I was stoned. Really stoned. We start making daily trips to the planetarium, naturally with a quick, quick stop to the stoop beforehand. We would buy muffins and sit inside the huge dome which played a 3D documentary narrated by Liam Neeson. It's drugs, I know, but I'm laughing and I'm calm and when I'm not stoned I'm riding, but it sounds different now. It's pop, it's fun, it's camp, but it doesn't sound cheap. It sounds hopeful and I'm smiling again and I'm certain without that boy, his weed and Liam Neeson I wouldn't have made another song ever again. In July 2016, the album I started in New York, Fun Bang One, comes out on iTunes in the top five. It doesn't stay there long, but I'm proud of it. Cut forward 152 performances of a jukebox musical called Velvet, which I originally thought was about the Velvet Underground. (laughs) And I'm in London, Soho, stoned and reading Hal Fisher's 1977 essay, Gay Semiotics. The essay is a droll analysis of the semiotics of San Francisco s and gay community. His photo collection was also adorable. It was explicit, but awkward. It was like a school photo, but the school was making porn. And I get an idea. Thousands of comments, a couple of hundred death threats and a PewDiePie reaction video later, asshole. <laughs> And how severe the project inspired by Fischer's essay has now been viewed over two million times and accepted into five international film festivals, not all of them just in Berlin. <laughs> but most. <laughs> if the backlash taught me anything, it's that while we like to project an image of a unified queer community, there are clearly some letters amongst our vast quilt bag. Think about it and beyond, who aren't willing to fight for everybody else when things get easy for them. It reminds me that when we fight for progress, it shouldn't come with a caveat of merely tolerating certain members of our community. Because who is that, exactly? And who is it that you don't believe warrants the dignity that you once had to protest and beg for yourself? Now, look, I don't think I'll ever be the right type of gay for network television again. Not because I'm not generally wonderful. I mean, I am. But I can't flick on that switch anymore, and I don't really want to. And if I am fabulous in public these days, it's because that's how I feel, not because that's how I want to appear. My fabulous self is delightful, but just being myself, on the other hand, is divine. And this is the song I wrote for my friend when he—he—that uh, uh, was true, by the way. I did—I stayed in Liza Minnelli's apartment for two weeks. i, I woke up under a piano, and um, yeah, it was—it was her. It was owned by her accompanist. She has a lot of apartments in New York that she just gives out to queer musicians a lot of the time. So, like, another reason to say fuck yeah, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Is that on? That's on. That's cute. Okay. This is a song I wrote for Alex and it's a kind of a thank you for him. And before I go, I should say the last time I performed a giant dwarf sitting about there was Mark Colvin. And uh, yeah, he said to me, you already know you can sing, but you don't know you're funny. Read more Noel Coward. Get on with it. Um, And so yeah, good on Mark Colvin. I'll miss him so much. real if anything you're real invite me to your castle can you show me your way
0: breathe
1: rolling up my sleeve there's freedom in your footsteps Can you show me your way, way, way? You're lost like a little kid chasing a red balloon. I can't keep up with you. And I can't get enough, no, no. You're giving me. change me It's physical light This fuse I'm blazing You're free to love You're free to love You're free to love
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening.
1: For tickets to the next Queer Stories, visit giantdwarf.com.au to check out other events I produce and perform in, visit mavemarsden.com. And if you'd like advance or discount tickets to these shows, look me up on crowdfunding platform Patreon.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.